Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and this is the first of a five-part series discussing non-traditional but must-see destinations in each of the 50 states in the U.S. This episode will be focused on the first 10 states alphabetically. Let's go ahead and get things started. Let's start with Alabama. That is our first alphabetically. And my recommendation for a non-traditional but must-see destination in this state is the United States Space and Rocket Center. This, uh, read straight from their website, includes things like Space Camp or the science of Guinness World Records. It also includes things like daytime shows or an Apollo 11 virtual reality experience. You can also check out their flight simulator experience or train like astronauts do underwater. But maybe the coolest thing, and it's not just for kids, is something they call Cocktails and Cosmos. And read straight from their website, it says... Experience the Rocket Center's state-of-the-art intuitive planetarium, sip a featured specialty cocktail, and enjoy a dynamic and exciting schedule of programming. So again, for Alabama, check out the United States Space and Rocket Center. Heading now to Alaska, I recommend checking out Mount McKinley, also known as Denali. Read straight from the website, and again, everything will be linked in the show notes, the Denali State Park is an integral part of one of North America's most spectacularly beautiful regions. The park's 325,240 acres, almost one half the size of the state of Rhode Island, provide the visitor with a great variety of recreational opportunities, ranging from roadside camping to wilderness exploration. The park is about 100 air miles north of Anchorage and is divided roughly in half by the Georges Parks Highway, the major road link between Anchorage and Fairbanks. Situated between the Talkeetna Mountains in the east and the Alaska Range to the west, the landscape varies from meandering lowland streams to alpine tundra. Dominating this diverse terrain are Curry and Kasugi Ridges, a 35-mile-long north-south alpine ridge, the backbone of the eastern half of the park. Denali State Park was established in 1970 and expanded to its present size in 1976. Its western boundary is shared with its much larger neighbor, Denali National Park and Preserve, formerly Mount McKinley National Park. So again, for Alaska, check out Mount McKinley or Denali National Park. Okay, going from somewhere cold to somewhere warm, Arizona. My recommendation here is not something specific, but rather generalized, and I recommend checking out the Native American historical sites in Arizona. The website is ArizonaRuins.com, and here you can check out some of the things that they have and they recommend, such as the Sycamore Canyon Wilderness or the Sedona region. Included in this, of course, is Montezuma's Castle, the best preserved cliff dwelling in Arizona. So again, for Arizona, check out the Native American historical sites. Next, to Arkansas, where I recommend you check out the Delta Heritage Trail, read directly from their website. Every visit to the Delta Heritage Trail State Park is one to remember. Walking or riding along the trail, you may encounter a variety of wildlife and plants. When the Rail to Trail project is complete, it will be an astounding 84.5 miles long. To date, there are 44.4 miles of the trail completed. The completed northern corridor is 20.6 miles from Lexa to Elaine. The completed southern corridor is 23.8 miles from Watson to Arkansas City, including 14.4 miles of shared-use roadway on the Mississippi River Mainline Levee. Eventually, the trail will cross the White and Arkansas Rivers. 
The Arkansas City Trailhead includes a multi-use building designed in the style of historic rail depots that houses administrative functions, bathhouse facilities, and an open pavilion. Visitors can also enjoy picnic areas, a water fountain, a bicycle repair station, two oversized tent pads for camping visitors, and a large group charcoal grill. Interpretive elements provide information on the DHT, background about the town's history, and local recreational offerings. So again, for Arkansas, check out the Delta Heritage Trail. Now to California. With so many locations in California that are obviously well-known, how do you pick one that is lesser known? Well, I recommend Point Arena in California. And Point Arena is actually an entire town, but there are many, many things to do there. And the thing that first drew my attention to Point Arena is actually the lighthouse. So if you're going to go to California, check out Point Arena and start with the lighthouse. But there are many other things to do there, including, but not limited to, the Pelican Bluffs Trail. So if you like hiking, there's also a PA Bike Path as well, Port Arena Bike Path. You could check that out. There's something called Bowling Ball Beach, which is actually pretty neat. So if you're going to go to California, check out Point Arena. All right, from California, let's move to Colorado, where again, I don't have anything specific for you to check out. It is almost crucial that you go across the Continental Divide in some manner. Now, if you're a hiker or an outdoors person, you could check out the Continental Divide Trail Coalition. I'll provide the website in the show notes and read directly from their website. The Colorado Rockies are the quintessential CTT experience. With more than a thousand summits topping 10,000 feet, Colorado is truly a rocky mountain high. The CDT traverses 800 miles of these majestic and challenging peaks dotted with abandoned homesteads, ghost towns, and remnants of Native Americans and settlers who flocked here to mine gold and silver. Really, you should check it out. Even if you go across the Continental Divide by car, I still think it is a must-see and must-do thing if you visit the state of Colorado. So again, Colorado, check out the Continental Divide. So we featured some very large states on this list, like California and Colorado and Alaska. Now we're going to get to some of the smaller ones, starting with Connecticut. What I recommend for Connecticut, being that it's a really old state, is to check out some of the museums. And the one that I would recommend that's kind of not very well known is the Clock and Watch Museum. Now, read directly from their website, did you know that Connecticut played a major role in revolutionizing the clock and watch industries in America? Learn about the innovative geniuses who made this happen at the American Clock and Watch Museum. Exhibits include sundials and shelf clocks, chronometers and character watches, and everything in between. Discover one of the largest collections of American-made timepieces in the world. Enjoy their ticking and chiming as you stroll through the museum's eight galleries. The museum is self-guided. Families are encouraged to try the scavenger hunt. The museum gift shop has a variety of time-related products, including adult and children's books, toys, unique gifts, and our very own TikTok tonic soda. So again, if you're going to go to Connecticut, I recommend checking out the Clock and Watch Museum. Next, another small state, Delaware. Here, it's tough to pick something because it is such a small state, but the one thing that I found very intriguing is something called the Air Mobility Command Museum. And I'm going to read directly from their website. The museum has reopened inside and allows the public to safely view eight historic aircraft in the main exhibit gallery, including our C-47, B-17, CG-4A exhibits, and continued to experience one of the top attractions in Delaware. 
On most Saturdays, there are living history reenactors on site. So you can not only experience the aircraft, but the people in the time frame that they were used. If you're going to go to Delaware, check out the Air Mobility Command Museum. All right, getting down to the last two on this episode, and let's start with Florida. Did you know that President John F. Kennedy once had a secret doomsday bunker built in Florida? Well, I'm going to read directly from the website of westpalmbeach.com. The Kennedy Bunker, built in December 1960 by the U.S. Navy Seabees only a month before JFK took office, was known as the Detachment Hotel. It was basically a 1,500-square-foot Quonset hut buried in the ground designed to house 30 people for 30 days in Spartan conditions, surviving on military K-rations and barrels of water. The bunker had a decontamination room with a shower and a ham radio communication room to keep Kennedy in touch with the outside world. The entrance was through a 40-foot tunnel of corrugated metal that sloped downward before making a sharp 90-degree turn to lessen the effects of a blast. The bunker itself rested under a lead-plated ceiling, 18 inches of concrete, and 12 feet of earth. JFK could reach the entrance within five minutes via helicopter from the Kennedy Estate in Palm Beach. In October 2017, the Port of Palm Beach closed the deteriorating Kennedy Bunker to the public. Yes, you used to be able to go and visit this place. And the contents were relocated to the Maritime Museum in Curry Park in West Palm Beach. Both the Port of Palm Beach and Palm Beach County plan to restore the facility to its original condition. So where was this thing located? Well, it was built on something called Peanut Island, which was actually created in 1918 from dredging the Lake Worth Inlet and Port of Palm Beach. So if you're going to go to Florida, I recommend going to the Maritime Museum in Curry Park in West Palm Beach and check out some of the items that President John F. Kennedy had in his own personal doomsday bunker. And that brings us to our last state for the first 10, and that is Georgia. What I recommend for Georgia is something that is definitely off the beaten path, and I have personally been to this location. I learned about it from a television show on the History Channel, and it intrigued me so much I just had to go. So if you're going to go to Georgia, consider checking out something called the Georgia Guidestones. Let me read directly from the website. The Georgia Guidestones, Elberton's most unusual set of granite monoliths, poses a mystery for the numerous visitors who visit the site seven miles north of Elberton on Georgia Highway 77. Known as America's Stonehenge, this 19-foot-high monument displays a 10-part message espousing the conversation of mankind and future generations in 12 languages. The Guidestones also serve as an astronomical calendar, and every day at noon, the sun shines through a narrow hole in the structure and illuminates the day's date on an engraving. The names of four ancient languages are inscribed on the sides near the top, Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphics. The Guidestones are mysterious in origin, for no one knows the identity of a group of sponsors who provided its specifications. So if you're into history and you like conspiracies, go to Georgia and check out the Georgia Guidestones. So that about wraps up this episode, but I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education to find additional interesting destinations to explore in your own and other states. If you feel I may have missed your favorite destination in any of the states I covered today, feel free to send me an email at podcast at 
therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O.com. And let me know. I'll make sure I link to the things I discussed in this episode in the show notes. Tomorrow, I will discuss states 11 through 20 alphabetically. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps this show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.